0: Hello everyone, how are you doing? And welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode I interview someone dope and we just have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Today with me is Kendra Elaine, who came on my radar on LinkedIn uh, because she has been doing a lot of videos. And I'm looking at them, and I'm like, these are really nice. Well, let me check out Twitter, and let me go to YouTube. And and then I, and I went to the, her site, and that's okay. All right, let's see if she'll come on the show and uh, really talk about some things that are dealing with career and what we really want out of life. And she said yes. And it's been real awesome. Uh, been anticipating this one because we were supposed to be doing this early in the week, and uh, we had to reschedule. Uh, So I'm excited to have Kendra on the show uh, this morning. So Kendra, for those who will be watching on YouTube or listening in the future on iTunes or SoundCloud, will you please introduce yourself?
1: Yes. So thank you so much, Dr. Will, for having me. Uh, Again, like you said, my name is Kendra Elaine, and I am a... I call myself the uh, reformed jobaholic, so turned entrepreneur. <laughs> I had many a job, um, corporate and side gigs, all of that um, after college and you know, in the last two years have been on the entrepreneur path. Uh, started kind of as a life coach, working more on the personal end and then moved towards uh, career coaching And in this last year, my focus has specifically kind of turned to millennials, helping the younger millennials, um, and even the older millennials, just on their career journey, finding their passion, staying motivated, and uh, things like that. So I do a lot of public speaking at conferences and and one-on-one coaching, and also um, leadership and diversity trainings for companies. So uh, it's been a crazy ride on this entrepreneur journey. (laughs) but. Definitely fulfilling and definitely good, and uh, I'm definitely excited. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: You're welcome, and thanks for coming on. I love what you're doing with video, and I was watching a uh, a talk you gave, and you're like, these are the amount of jobs that I've had, and I was like, "Mm." (laughs) you know, I'm 44, right? So, Uh you know, I grew up with, you know, you work somewhere, you work 30 years, you get a watch, and you go home. Uh, though I know that we no longer live in those times. And quite honestly, I've yet to work somewhere where I do want, I want to put 30 years of my life in, Mm -hmm. um, but it's so interesting that younger people are doing a lot of job hopping, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's, it's very new to me. You know, I only know one other person who did it. And even then for her, I was like, you have a Yale MBA. Why do you keep? spending two years somewhere else and you're going somewhere else, but she keeps climbing up. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a good thing, but I'm just wondering, like, you know, you're not staying there like five years. You, you putting in two years and you gone like, okay, that's, it's, that's different.
1: And, you know, I think when we look at, um, like the older generations, when they were getting right out of college, they did some job hopping. Also, I think the way millennials are different is they're just continuing. To job hop as they as they get older and they age and it's so many contributing factors as to why you know their millennials have a lower trust of companies as far as uh, you know their loyalty goes and also you know I tell people millennials have such greater access to see what companies are hiring you know so if they're in a company and they're ready for a change or more responsibility and that company isn't ready to elevate them. It's so easy to see, Oh, such and such company is hiring for exactly what I want to do. And it's kind of like, well, why wouldn't you try it? So between the access, their motivation and just kind of how millennials were raised, we, we have a tendency to, <laughs> to hop around.
0: Right. All right. So you, you talked about your, venture into entrepreneurship what excites you the most about being an entrepreneur
1: um so many things um i think what attracted me to being an entrepreneur is definitely managing my own schedule and you know the kind of freedom it gives you to to decide when and where you know you're going to do things and um also the fact that there's you know there's not a cap so you know you know, the more you work, the more you can make. So it's not like, you know, you're capped out. But I think honestly, the thing that excites me the most about being entrepreneur is I feel like with what I'm doing, I'm, I'm making a real impact. Um, like I'm really able to see the effect that I have on other people or see the effect that I'm, I have, you know, on a group or something like that. And being able to like, see my purpose, like actualize and actually see, um, results or feel like I'm contributing to people, I think is what excites me the most.
0: Hmm. So I've interviewed a lot of people about what they want out of life and their purpose and, and questions along those lines. But there are a lot of people they love their job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, they're like, man, I, I love what I'm doing. My my money's right. I'm comfortable. I like the people I work with, but there's something inside of them that tells them they're meant for a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. What is someone to do when, I guess, they don't have, I guess, the typical or stereotypical reasons to leave because everything is all right. They have no complaints, but they feel like, wow, I just, I, there's just something in me that says I have to do something else. What are they supposed to do? to sort of be okay with that and then actually move on to do what they're feeling they need to do.
1: Um, absolutely. Cause I think, you know, we perpetuate this, you know, everybody hates their job way too much. There are a lot of people who love what they do. And if the, you feel like, you know, you're being called to greater or something more, I think it's definitely um, a season to do maybe some, just some self-assessment and some self, awareness and do that soul searching to be like, okay, what is it? What is that thing? Um, what is it going to take to accomplish that thing? Because I think it's a definite blessing to love what you're doing because, you know, a job can be such a great stepping stone into whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, as far as it takes time, you know, to research and vet an idea and to see, you know, can I get this started and you know, you're nine to five, it can be that foundation that not only helps fund your dream, but gives you that fallback. Because a lot of times, you know, when we're pulled into some, time, some things, sometimes we have to pivot and make changes. And I think it's best to do that while you have that steady paycheck, especially when it's something that you love. So, you know, take your evenings and your weekends and say, you know, I'm going to take the time to to really pray about this dream, to really uh, research it, to see if it's something I can do, if it's something I really want to do, how I can actually get it started and, you know, take your your own time to pursue your passions. And if it turns out that, you know what, this can be a full-fledged business and this can either supplement or take over the income of your job, Then that's when you then that's when you sit down and say, okay, do I want to do both or do I want to quit my job and pursue this purpose? I've talked to so many entrepreneurs that still have their nine to five and they're like, I love what I do. And I've gotten my purpose to the point where it's matched my salary, but I still haven't left because I love what I do. And it just gives you that an extra level of freedom to not only enjoy your nine to five, but be like, you know what? Everything I make doing what I love is just cake and I can invest it or, you know, I'm just stacking it somewhere. So um, I definitely think take advantage of that. If you have a nine to five that you love, you know, still pursue that calling, look into it, see what you can do about it. Because having both is is definitely a blessing.
0: Mm, That's all right. (laughs) I wouldn't mind that stacking. I'm like, look. Trying to repaint my house on the inside.
1: And okay, I'm like, okay, I was like, that makes cause you know I just did a video that's doing surprisingly well on LinkedIn, um, where I talked about uh, you know millennials don't let people shame you for your nine to five, and I got a, like a ton. I think there's like 300 comments, and some of the comments are from millennials saying, you know, yes, my friends make fun of me. They say, you know, uh, I need I need to just quit and start my own business, but I love what I do, and I'm like we have, I think some, there's been, um, a culture shift of everybody. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and I love entrepreneurship. It's great. Um, but there's no reason you can't be an entrepreneur and work a job. And, you know, especially when you're first getting started, uh, because it's not going to be all roses on that journey. So it's like, you know, keep that nine to five, work it while you build your other stuff. And, as you start to grow your income, you know if you still have your nine to five, that's just that's just extra income,
0: <laughs> no doubt. And even though no job is promised, mm-hmm. um, as long as you're working, they still gotta get you a check. So that's the one thing <laughs> that I enjoy mm-hmm. uh, with having my full time gig because you know for those who know about that side hustle, when you're consulting sometimes the fat checks come on in and then sometimes it's kind of like oh. yeah and when they're not doing that knowing that okay I know this income is coming in you know that's a blessing that's a kind of relief to kind of know uh, where you are financially
1: absolutely and i think um you know entrepreneurs a lot of the young uh newer entrepreneurs that i've seen they and i think they end up giving up faster because they don't have that, that steady paycheck, they're just relying on, on the hustle and the grind. And, you know, sometimes you can hustle, hustle, grind, grind, and sometimes the money's just not gonna, <laughs> especially in the beginning, just going to be there. So sometimes they, they kind of give up on that dream because, you know, bills have to get paid. And I tell them, like, if you would have kept your nine to five while you kind of built that up, you might have had more resilience to get through that season to get over that hump. Um, in order to keep, keep generating that steady income. Mm -hmm.
0: So how do people discover what they value? Not just their values, but what they value and what makes them great?
1: Um, a lot of like soul searching. I'm a big believer in, personality tests and strength assessments. And, um, you know, I walk people through, you know, how do you define success and not just like material things, but how would your life look for you to say you're successful? Like, you know, think about your day and, you know, I ask people, you know, what, what comes to mind? Is it how you're spending your time? Is it who you're spending your time with? Is it, uh, the kind of clients you're working with, the kind of work that you're doing um, and taking those assessments to see, you know, what's really important to me. Sometimes we think we know what's important to us mm-hmm. and that's not really like the core of what we really, really want. You know, when people say, oh, well, I'll be successful, you know, when I make X amount of money, it's like, OK, but you why do you want that amount of money? What do you plan on doing it? And it's actually what we're going to use that money for that's important to us. Well, I want to spend time with my family. I want to take my kids on vacation. I want to buy my mom a house. It's like, okay, so that's what's important to you. And how are you spending your time and you know, how, how important is it to you to get there and how are you going to get there? So it's, it's doing, taking that time to ask those questions and, you know, learn those things about yourself because uh, it's got to go deeper than that surface stuff that we think is important.
0: Mm. that is all right have you taken the the strengths finder
1: I have it I actually have um I got the the Clifton yeah you know what? I got Gallup's book um and it gave me a little code to take the test I need to take it I think I'm gonna take it this week um but I've heard about it one of my favorite tests is the 16 personalities
0: i have never heard of that
1: if you go to, um, it's a free test. It's 16personalities.com and it's based off the Myers-Briggs, but it gives you, you know, once you go through the test, it gives you like pages of personality assessment and suggestions mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, careers that work good for that personality type and all, all kinds of information.
0: Yeah, I took the MBTI, you know, a long time ago, mm-hmm. but when I saw ENFP, it was like, what do I do with that? Right. <laughs> Me.
1: Right. Like, what is, I don't, I, I honestly have forgotten my letters, but <laughs> I have forgotten my letters, but I, it is, it's kind of like, well, what do I do with that? That's what I liked about the, um, the 16 personalities website. Cause it gives you a lot more information, mm-hmm. I think, but it is still, it's kind of like, well, I mean, what does that mean for <laughs> like, how do I apply that to my life?
0: Yes. Yes. Um, there are a lot of folks out there, career coaches, entrepreneurs, uh, who really talk about niching down Mm -hmm. and I understand the reason to be focused. I understand the reason to have something where people can identify you as an expert, where if someone is, is looking for something and they say, Hey, you know, Kendra, I'm looking for this. You can go, hey, you know, Terry is amazing at that. So I, I get that, but how can someone niche down without actually being defined
1: mm-hmm.
0: by that one thing?
1: Um, you know, that's a good question. That's something that I definitely struggled with. Um, you know, in my journey as an entrepreneur, everybody told me that. You gotta niche down, you gotta be more specific, you gotta be more specific. I was like, well, how specific, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's definitely a struggle. But as I did do that, as I niched down and I got, um, more specific, it, it helps, it helps not only, like you said, people identify you like, okay, this person is an expert in this. Like when people see me, they're like, oh yes, you talk about millennials. That's your thing. And even though I get invited to speak about other things, people know that that's, that's my main focus. And that's what I do. Um, You find ways to, once you niche down and you find your topic, like map out ways that you can tie that in to other things, whether it's Mm -hmm. other topics or other services. Um, How, how does it tie in? Whether it's, You know, because I tell people I focus on millennials, but with that, you know, I do leadership training, I do diversity training, I do, um, you know, goal setting training and motivation. That all stems from millennials. And so when I'm creating my content, whether it's videos or um, social media posts, I try and figure out ways to just kind of link them together. Like, um, you know, you really need your leadership skills when you are leading millennials. And this is why leadership training is important. Or, you know, millennials value diversity, and these are ways that you can affect diversity. So, if you can niche it down to a specialty and an expertise that you can focus on, and then just mind map like, okay, how does this tie into all the other things I can do, or I'm good at, or I'm well versed in? Because I think entrepreneurs, um, especially the ones who are really called to entrepreneurship, they have a hard time niching down because they have so many gifts and they have so many talents and they have so many things that they can do. And, you know, as a speaker, it's like, I could speak about almost anything. Um, but it's like, you can't, you can't be the, the jack of all trades. You can't be everything to everybody. You have to pick something and to, to kind of feed that itch of, you know, but I want to speak about more, but I want to do more. I want to provide more services. It start with that one and see how you can build it out or make it related to that one thing, and mm-hmm. you will start getting um, clients and and asked about you know the kind of other spokes on the map. But you know, I would say find a way to tie it in to that to that niche that you end up picking.
0: Mm-hmm. So I want to throw this out there to you since you just said that mm-hmm. whether you are an entrepreneur and and you're finding this one thing or you actually have a corporate gig at some point in time, hopefully you will reach that point to where you are successful and you are thought of uh, as this person who is a go-to person, a person who can be relied upon to to deliver results. Right. How do you at that point, decide on which opportunities to say no to or which organizations use, you, you know, the job offer comes your way or you're headhunted and you'll go, mm, nope, because you know, that's not going to be for me. How do you, how does, how do you know? Or how does someone, how will someone know what to say no to?
1: Um, it, it takes a lot of work. I tell people, you know, before you get started, uh, when I really focused on goal setting, my three pillars were clarity, belief, and position. So you have to get really, really clear on what your purpose is, what your mission is, what your niche is, and ultimately what your goals are, because opportunities will come out the woodworks. And some of them oftentimes are just distractions, uh, honestly, trying to just take you out of the way. So you have to have that clarity of where you're trying to go, what you're trying to accomplish, um, because you're going to have to say no to some things. And I say you, the way you decide on whether you say no to something, if it's in, if it's out of alignment completely with your focus, your niche, the goals that you're trying to accomplish, um, then you would need to say no to those. Like if you pick a niche and somebody offers you, you know, a a job or a gig and it's completely outside of the scope of what you're trying to build your name as, you know, sometimes you have to pass on those things, especially starting out when you're trying to build your name and you want to be known for this and somebody asks you to do this, sometimes you have to say no because that's going to cause confusion, especially if you'll be posting that on your social media and putting it on your website. It's like that's going to cause confusion as far as what is you what you do. So it's like, you want to say no to things that are outside of your ultimate goal. Um, I know for me, I uh, recently interviewed for a position. I was contacted about a job. Um, I've been, you know, entrepreneur for the last two years and uh, I was contacted about getting back into corporate and I, I told them, I was like, well, I really hadn't been considering getting back into corporate, but it depends on the company and the position and, you know, they sent it to me and I looked at it and I had to really assess like, okay, is this in alignment with what I'm doing? And it happens to be so, that it is in alignment with what I'm doing. It's in alignment with my skills, with uh, what I talk about, with ultimately where I'm trying to go in my career, that it's on that path. So I was like, okay, yes, I will consider this. I'd, you know, like to discuss it further. but if and, and you know this wasn't the only job that approached me other jobs had approached me and it's like well no that's completely out of out of alignment with you know where I'm trying to go and you know that would just distract me from working on my goals and my purpose so i honestly think clarity is a huge thing when you're on this journey because you know jobs will come opportunities will come gigs will come um even even coaches will come. I know early in my career I spent a lot of money on coaches that were not in alignment with what I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> and I tell entrepreneurs all the time, I'm like, if you aren't clear on what you want and where you're trying to go and what your actual purpose is, you can waste a lot of time and you can waste a lot of money um on the wrong opportunities and the wrong resources. Mm-hmm. So in terms of you know where where to say no, you have to start with that that clarity and that inner peace on this is what I'm called to do and this is what my focus is. And if it's not related to that, I can't do it.
0: Mm. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> now, I want to get into this video mm-hmm. that you posted on the gram. All right. Because so there was something that went down, like, because I saw this um Mean too, where it was like uh, something happening. I got groceries. I ain't got nothing for. I don't had nothing for nothing else. And then it just started kind of floating around. And then I saw your video to speaking on it, and you went talking about you know the, the mindset of abundance and how people should be walking in abundance and not living a life of of, of scarcity. How does someone first what inspired you to make the video?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How does someone actually what is the importance of walking in walking in abundance? And how does someone actually do that? Particularly if you have grown up where you didn't have much and you had to fight to get where you are now. And so even though you may be making a hundred thousand a year living in a in a city where that hundred thousand dollars really goes a long way in your mind you're still broke right because you've never had anything
1: Mm -hmm. so what inspired me to do the video was i kept seeing this post and it was the post where it's like all of august 2018 uh this is me i ain't got it Uh, I can't go, and I got groceries in my house.
0: Yes, (laughs) yes. And
1: when I first saw it, I was like, oh, I get what they're saying. You know, I'm not going to waste money, and, uh, you know, I'm not spending my time doing dumb stuff. I'm focused, and I'm not eating out because I got groceries in the house. It's like, I get it, but I don't like how it's worded. And then I saw it again, and then I saw it again. It was like a couple of days, and it was all over my timeline. And I was like, okay, let me fix this (laughs) because I was like, to say – I ain't got it. I was like, everybody are is everybody saying they're going to be broke in August because that's how it sounds. That sounds like everybody's collectively saying, "Okay, in August, I ain't got it. I ain't got it." And I am so big. I've always been big on words and communication and saying what you mean, but especially when I started um over the last few years researching and getting into, you know, um abundance principles and manifesting and things like that and just you know, even getting into, into the word of God, just how important your words are. And, you know, so I did the video and I kind of corrected the meme where it's like, okay, don't say I ain't got it. Say I have it. I'm just not spending it on you. And there are plenty of times when I've, I've, you know, seen people talk and it's like, don't say what you don't have. Don't say what you can't do. You know, let's be real and say or you know in your head it starts in your head first of all with the money you know especially if you did grow up and you didn't always have it and maybe you're going through a hard time right now it's hard to have um that abundance mindset but it's definitely you know a muscle that you have to work on and you're gonna have to train your brain and train your mouth to say certain things because you know, our our thoughts become our beliefs. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's in the you know, the words we say, it's all a cycle as far as what we believe and what we say and what's in our heart. So we want to train our brain and our mouth to start saying positive things and, you know, I do have it. I'm not broke. I'm abundant. I have money. But even even if even if you don't want to spend it on something and say, you know what, I I've got it. I have money, but you know, my money's prioritized somewhere else right now. I'm not spending my money on that right now you know, my money is earmarked for something else. You know, I got it. I'm abundant. I have it, but I'm choosing to spend it on something else. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I have it, but I'm choosing to spend it on bills. That doesn't mean you're broke. You know, I have it, but I'm choosing to, you know, buy groceries or I'm choosing to spend it on my kids. And I think, you know, taking that poverty mindset out, you know, stop saying you're broke. Stop saying you ain't got it. Stop saying what you can't do um is so important to get the wheels turning as far as you know not only bringing abundance into your life but just logically bringing those ideas on how to get money into your life you know when you start speaking more positively you attract and, and you know the law of attraction when people say you know oh when you speak more positively positive things come to you and you know when you're a positive person good things come And I think people think that it's all, you know, like flowery and magic. But if you really think about it, when you're a a more happy, positive person, it's not necessarily that more positive things come to you and they wouldn't have come before. It's that because you're in a positive space, you notice those things. Like when you're miserable, you will see more and more things to make you more miserable. You will just get Mm -hmm. irritated every, every step of the way whereas if you go and you're like I'm going to have a good day today. I'm abundant. I'm, you know, I, I everything's going right. I'm thankful for this job. I'm thankful for this opportunity. You're going to go and you're going to start to see things differently and positive things are going to show up because you have that positive mindset. And you know, when I tell people when it comes to money, I'm like wake up in the morning and say I'm abundant. You know, money comes to me. Money flows to me. Every, everything that I put out comes back to me tenfold. And when you go out there and you have that mindset, you will start to see opportunities for, for you to make money or opportunities for you to be abundant. Or you'll see how abundant you actually are when you start you know, making a gratitude list and counting mm-hmm. all your blessings. Like, look at all the stuff that I have. Look at all that I have. And when you're appreciative of what you have, it's like, that's how you know, you get set up to to get more and more things. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's definitely a muscle that has to be worked on. Because I know it's difficult, you know, I've gone through difficult times. And it's like, I'm sitting there trying to tell myself, it's okay, it's gonna be okay, I've got it, I've got it, you know, and you feel like you're lying to yourself. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) you have to like, you know, push through those moments and just keep telling yourself, you know, I'm here for a reason. And I, you know, some of like the millennials that I work with and they're like, Kendra, I'm frustrated. I'm not motivated at my job. It's like, but you know, your job is covering you right now. And you know, use this as a stepping stone, you know, it's covering you while you figure out what you want to do. And if you go into work every day, like, Oh, I'm so sick of this job. I'm so ready to go. Everything's going to get on your nerves. You know, every little thing is going to get on your nerves. But if you go in and you're like, you know what? Thank you for this job. This job is paying my bills while I'm figuring out what I want to do. This job is introducing me to the right connections. This job is giving me the skills that I need to be an entrepreneur and start that business. This job is, you know, giving me a computer to use. And, you know, I'm able to do stuff on my break. Like, thank, thank you for this job. I'm so excited to use this time and make this money for what I need to do you're going to go in, your attitude's going to be different. You know, how you respond to people is going to be different and you never know just that energy. You know, that's how you can attract the promotion. That's how you can attract the energy from a manager. You know, that's just how you you see different. You'll be able to see different opportunities because your attitude is different and you're looking at things differently and people will start to see you differently. So it's like, I know it's hard at first, but once you get in the hang of it, and you get you to build in those muscles. Uh, one way that I did it, especially when I first started out, and I was at a job that I was frustrated with, I uh, I have an iPhone, so you know you could put reminders in your iPhone, and you could either set it to like a time of day or when you're leaving leaving or arriving at a location. I put affirmations, so I had affirmations in the morning, I had affirmations throughout the day. I set an affirmation to to pop up as I was leaving work, as I was pulling into work, and you know they would just be you know little things like miracles happen every day, or you are you are right where you're meant to be, you are in divine flow, you are in you are highly favored, just like little things. And I I would find myself like in a bad mood, and this thing would pop up on my phone. I was like, you know what, you're right, and I would immediately adjust it, and that helped me to get in the habit Mm. of that abundance mindset and that positive mindset. And uh, so when I saw that meme over and over and over, I was like, I have to say something. Like, you guys have to stop saying this (laughs) over and over. Let's change these words around. Like, I get the point, but you have to watch what you actually speak so that it matches with what you want.
0: Mm, because I'm still working through that now because I spent my formative years in section eight, hand-me-downs, the food stamps, going to bed hungry, not having certain things. Now, my life has taken a 180 turn from that. Mm -hmm. And I'm still going, okay. And sometimes the imposter syndrome kicks in and even like even like with the wife, like I like I like, I really want a 65-inch TV. And I got the money to buy it. But I'm like, no, because if I do that, that money's gonna be gone. Mm-hmm. And I can't really go that. Though though I did tell her that I got called about a consulting gig that if we sign that dollar line, I'm gonna use that money to buy it. But right. I was just, you know, I'm I'm still. Not there yet because I'm still working through those issues of not having,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even though I have it now. I'm still I'm in my I still ain't in my mind. I still don't have it because I'm not where I want to be.
1: Right, absolutely, and it's it's a growing process, and I didn't realize. So I had started um, taking a life coaching program specifically around money blocks mm. and I learned so much that so much of what we went through as children and what we learned as children we just carried with us and we might not think we did but we carried it with us um, and it totally affects how we move right now how we spend money how we hold on to money and it's and if you think about it, if we've been holding on to those thoughts and that programming since childhood, it's going to take a lot of time and effort to unlearn and, you know, reformat those thoughts. So it's, it's, it's going to be a journey. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, somebody told me, you have to see the dirt to clean it. You know, if you're cleaning up the house, I need to see where the dirt is to clean it. So it's just taking that time to say, okay, you know, what are my thoughts about money? What did I used to hear growing up? Did I used to hear money is hard? Money, you know, it's hard to make money. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know, we never have money. What are the things I heard and internalized as I was growing up? And is that true? Are those true statements or are they not true statements? Are they things that I can work to actively reverse, you know, those negative thoughts and beliefs and experiences that we had, you know, how can we take that, cancel it and, you know, turn it into the opposite of a positive affirmation. We just have to repeat them, repeat them, repeat them. Cause we've been repeating that negativity mm-hmm. for years and years. So we're going to have to like be really proactive and strategic about replacing those with something else because it can be hard you know when you know I, I didn't have money but now I have it and i don't want to I don't want to feel like I'm wasting it I don't want it just to leave you know but it's you know a part of that being abundance is knowing having that that confidence and knowing you know i I can I am producing more money more money is going to come so if I want to purchase this thing you know I can and operating in abundance and and not that, that fear of loss, mm. but it, it does take work.
0: Mm. Well, I, I for sure need to do some more of that. <laughs> uh, so how does, how does someone sort of overcome those thoughts? Particularly when you talk about how, when we look at how we uh, can sabotage ourselves and not going for that promotion or applying for that new job or applying for that degree program or what have you, because we're, we we do not think that we're good enough or we have the right mm-hmm. stuff to be successful. How do we overcome that to actually take that first step? Because the one thing I, I do with my show that I tell people that I hope that if I can get you to take one step, if any, if you hear anything from my guests, or myself that take you for you to take that one step, I believe that you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. But you have to take that one step and be willing to take that one step. But for those of us who don't think that we can, or think that we are worthy enough or will be successful if we take that, that step, how do we overcome that? Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, that first step is, Is probably the hardest, just just to get started, and it's, you know, you we, every day. I said this the other day. I said building your confidence is an everyday practice. It's an everyday muscle of telling yourself, "I can do this. I'm supposed to do this. I was called to do this." And sometimes, um, sometimes that confidence can be built with preparation you know, when we're scared to do something, it's because it's unknown, and we're not sure. And sometimes that first step is just, like I said, researching and looking into it and preparing yourself. But then I know a lot of people can get caught up in the preparation is actually procrastination, where you're doing too much prep. And you're like, you're doing all this prep and you haven't pulled the trigger on anything. Um, It's, it's, I feel like it's having that faith and confidence that whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like you don't know, unless you try. Michael Jordan said he missed every shot he didn't try and take, you know, if you want, if you know you're, you're called to do something different, if you know you're meant to do something more, if you've been having this kind of like nagging feeling of, you know, there's something else out there for me to do, whether it's a promotion, whether it's more responsibility whether it's starting a business or going back to school, you know, take that first step. You, you've got to try because when you look at your life right now, if you say you are not okay with being in the same place two years from now, five years from now, like you do not want to be in this same place, you have to take that first step now because change isn't going to happen overnight it's going to take step after step after step and depending on what journey you're on, you don't know how long it's going to take. So you want to take that step now, whatever it is you want to start now to, to start, you know, walking in that direction because, you know, time is short, you know, you just, you never know what's going to happen, you know, in today's world, just, you know, everything's happening so fast and you know we we're here today, and tomorrow is not promised. So, what what do you need to do? What is that step that you need to take? What is that thing that you've been putting off, and address that fear? Like, why is it that you feel you're not worthy? Is it that you feel you're not prepared? Is it, you know, imposter syndrome? That, that affects everybody. I mean, we so many of us are um, in. Positions or in things, and we feel like, oh God, there's somebody's gonna realize I just am not supposed to be here. Like, <laughs> what am I doing here? But oftentimes we are, we're called for greater than we think, mm-hmm. and so even though we feel like an imposter, you're in the, you're there, you're in position. You were put there for a reason. You were called for a reason, and you know, I'm a believer. You know, we're not given you know, more than we can handle and we're not put into things that we can't overcome. So it's just telling yourself, and you know, I, I'm not an imposter. I'm meant to be here. I'm called to be here. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to work it out. I'm here because I can do it. And I'm going to take this next step because I deserve it. I deserve, I was created to be abundant. I was created to be um, amazing and, you know, to do these things and it, it can be different. That first step is probably the hardest step because once you get going you you know it's a little bit easier. But I say, you know, take a breath, do do some research and some prep and then just take take that step, you know, put put your name out there. Put whatever it is, put the resume out there. Throw your name in the hat for the promotion. Step out and try and get that loan for that business or whatever it is you're trying to do. It's it's so important to just just get to get going.
0: Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to you about video because you're killing it.
1: Oh, thanks. Uh,
0: you're welcome. Uh, whether it's the gram, you got your LinkedIn going on. Mm-hmm. What drew you to video? And how are you using video to position yourself as a thought leader?
1: You know, video, I've been doing video for a while. When I first, first um, started getting into like life coaching and things like that, um, I thought video was so important because even before I got into, you know, the millennial work, um, I knew like young people, just video resonates more with them. They like to see who's talking They like to, you know, get a vibe of you as a person, you know, and you can do that on video. You can't really do that with, um, I mean, you can do that with blog posts, but not everybody, you know, wants to, you know, read a huge long blog post and, you know, get your, they don't get the, always get the full gist of your personality and who you are with that. So I started off with video and, you know, it, it took me a second to get fully comfortable just talking to a camera, <laughs> um, but I found it to be the most effective as far as connecting with people. And so I've really been using that and especially with um, Instagram and I've been having a lot of success with my LinkedIn videos, mm-hmm. um, you choosing the right, you know, format or techniques and the right length has been really beneficial as far as what i've been doing and it's good because as a thought leader um especially as a thought leader who i'm pursuing speaking gigs you know i want people to see me speak i want them to see that i could have a, a flow of consciousness and just talk for you know a couple minutes and say some powerful things and that i could formulate a story and and all the things like that so I am definitely using video to kind of maximize my brand and, um, me as a, as a thought leader. And it's been going good. It's been going good. I really, um, I enjoy, I enjoy doing and, and utilizing videos.
0: Wow. So when is your podcast coming out?
1: I know I need to, somebody else. like, get you. Why did you have a podcast yet? Yeah. <laughs> That's something I'm working on. That's something I'm definitely working on because, uh, I love podcasts. You know, I do interviews and podcasts. I'm like, I probably need to start one because they're, I, it's just podcasts have, such, have so grown as a really great way to uh, get information out there. And I'm a big podcast listener in my car. So, because I'm in my car a lot, especially when I would travel a lot. And uh, as much as I love reading books, It's like sometimes, I mean, you can't read a book in your car. (laughs) So it's like I I listen to podcasts and interviews and it's just become such a great way to share information. So it's definitely something I've been considering getting started.
0: All right. Now I'm expecting it. Right. I've had a great time. Thank
1: Uh, you. Me too.
0: Well, well, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Because... It's interesting, you know, because I am an educator. So when I bring people on who are not educators
1: mm-hmm.
0: to share all of this information, you know, with my audience, you know, sometimes I tell people I'm here to educate the whole teacher uh, because I don't, I stopped doing uh, classroom shows about seven, eight months ago. Okay. I was like, I'm bored. I'm like, I, like this is my life. Like, this is what I do every day. I want to talk about something else. So that's when I switched directions on my shows and where I talk, I now focus on entrepreneurship and personal development, professional development. And I'm feeling, I feel, I feel good about the direction and people are responding. So I, I checked my stats. this yeah. I was like, Hmm. Okay. So since December, I have 12, Thousand plays on SoundCloud.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yes. Especially when all of last year I had 3,700 something.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: I'm like, okay, they're feeling this.
1: Yes. See, and that's why you got to take that step. Even Even if it's a step to just pivot or change the format, it's like you just never know, you know, what's waiting for you on the other end of that move. And that's, that's awesome. So congratulations on, on the success of that pivot.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. And that's why I love having people like you on the show to bring that experience, to share those stories. Uh, because as you were, were talking earlier, I was listening and then in my mind as I was, as I was being fed, I was like, okay, I can't wait to release this episode. <laughs> I'm like, when does it go out? <laughs> uh, uh, because I'm, I'm excited for the people who listen to the podcast to be fed as well. Before we go, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? And what is your advice to those educators who are thinking about making a transition out of K through 12?
1: So the best piece of advice that I received, I received a lot of advice. I'm trying to think the best, um, the piece that I carry with me the most is stay true to your vision. Mm. Um, because a lot of people, Will cast their vision for your life on you and it's so easy to get distracted or get caught up in what my parents want me to do what my significant other wants me to do what my friends think I should do when you know your vision for your life um, was only given to you so only you know what you're called to do only you know what you need to do or what you need to be obedient to. So stick to your vision, you know. Believe in it and hold true to it because you you have to believe it first before anyone else will. Um, and as far as people looking to transition out of K twelve, maybe into you know entrepreneurship or uh, another career, um, I would say. This is almost like along the lines of like a gratitude list, but I would say think about and list out all the things that you've learned, accomplished, or gotten from your K-12 journey. Um, All the things, like just skills, you know, opportunity, everything that you learned, like and in your own mind, solidify that foundation that you've created. Because I think sometimes, you know, when people make a transition like that, they think, um, I'm not equipped to go do X, Y, and Z, or I'm not ready. And I think it's usually just you're missing all that you've done. You're missing, you know, yeah, we don't wanna be boastful or toot our own horn, but you know from your experience in K through 12 I, you have a solid foundation of skills and attributes and all these things so i would say take the time to really look at look at all the stuff you've accomplished all the stuff that you've done all the stuff that you've worked on and see like the foundation that you have and if anything in particular sticks out as far as if you're trying to figure out what that next step is you know if you see you have more of one thing that you really enjoyed or what you, what really excited you, you know, maybe that's a direction you can look into. Um, But if you know where you want to go, then this list can help you in your own mind say, you know what? I have a solid foundation to, to step out and do this. I have what it takes. Like, you know, look what I've accomplished. Look what I've overcome. Look what I've learned. And to help you, to help you get that confidence of, you know what? I can take this next step. Like I've overlooked so many things because sometimes we just we don't see, you know. We're just chugging along, just you know. We're doing our job. We're you know, you're here for the kids. You're here for the other people. You're here. You know. You're just doing it, and you lose sight of all of the stuff that it actually took to get that done. Because there are a lot of people who can't do what you do, you know. And that gives you that insight. That gives you that background. And that gives you that foundation. Where you can really step out and do whatever it is you want to do. So take the time to acknowledge your journey and um, decide where you want to go, and use that to kind of propel you and push you forward into this next
0: season. Mmm. Y'all, I'm gonna have to save this episode. I want to release You're gonna
1: it. Right you to save it.
0: <laughs> I save it. Oh man! Thank you so much, Kendra, for coming on the show.
1: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Will, for having me. This was a great conversation. I definitely, you know, pray that your listeners uh, find some value in it and find some little nuggets in it that that can help them. And you know, it was uh, it was great to be with you today.
0: Thank you, thank you. Same here. Now, people, you know how I do this. The video cast will be going up on YouTube. I need you to subscribe, leave me some comments the podcast itself is going on iTunes. People, rate! Give a brother some five stars and some comments. Go to SoundCloud, follow, leave some, some comments, because your boy's trying to get Oprah on the show. And I want her to know I'm doing it big time around here. As always, people, I would like to thank my guest. Be sure, when I drop this episode, there are gonna be links to be able to connect with her on social media. And then you can learn more about what she's doing. As always, people, invest in you. EDU, peace.